0: You know, and he many times had opportunities to talk to folks with regard to Christ and him. And so uh, here, us, we're not yet home with him, but here, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear before him in glory. I'm reminded here with this, you will appear with him. That's a, What a wonderful thought to have before us, and knowledge and a truth, going to, going to uh, appear with him. But at the same time ought to bring to our minds as we let the word of Christ dwell in us and we think through the scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10 says there's another appearing we're all going to have, you know, as believers. It must all appear. must all appear before him. And uh, report time will take place. We often say, Lord, come. I want to be with you. But we have to have in mind, too, are we ready to give a report? We are ready to uh, appear before him and there in his glorious presence. Are we ready? So the Spirit of God takes the Word of God, works it into our hearts, and prepares us to be ready to meet in his presence. Verse 5, therefore, there's something to do. Put to death, or, uh, or mortify, or uh, the idea of uh, some, something drastic needs to take place. A very blunt statement. Uh, put to death uh, your members, or I think it speaks to vices, because that's what it talks about. Those things that are like flypaper and stick to us, which are on the earth. And he lists them, fornication, uncleanness passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry, and so on down the list we can go. Verses 8 and 9, we cover that a little bit. There are things to put off, things we're hanging on to. Have you put those off? It's always good to examine our hearts by way of the Word of God, and he says, but uh, now you yourselves, see that in verse 8, now you yourselves put off all of these. So we ask ourselves, well, have I? Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. When God saved me, he reduced my vocabulary by about 90%. Do not lie. Here's another one you ought know, to put off. Do not lie one to another. Since you have put off the old man and his deeds. And when when things are put off... We, then the Lord has us put things on that need to be on as us as new people in Christ renewed after the knowledge of the Lord and the image of him who who uh, created us. And so we go down to verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on. Have you put these on? Are they, as we mentioned last week, some of these garments hidden back in the closet? You know, it's talking of things to put on, tender mercies, Kindnesses and humility. That's a tough one. Meekness. Long-suffering. Forbearing with one another. Forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another. Even as. The exact way. Look at Christ. You want the illustration of even as Christ forgave you. So you also must do. And then he says, uh, but above all, these put on things put on love, which is the bond, the overcoat, the belt of perfection. And here's where I feel that Paul was just having trouble bringing his sermon to a conclusion when you come to verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and... Another conclusion, be thankful. And, and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks. He just kind of had a little trouble, you know, getting to the conclusion. Saw a cartoon one time of a man sitting in the back someplace, the church. It's where most cartoons have people seated in the back. I don't know why, but uh, this gentleman, every time the pastor said, and in conclusion, he made a notch in the back of the pew, and it was getting kind of filled up. It's kind of, it's kind of like uh, Larry. You know, every time the pastor says in conclusion, Larry, he has another bag of chips and. Uh, Crunches a little louder. That's what some of those things are coming forth. We're resurrected people. The Cambridge English Bible says, allow. We're in verse 16. Let, allow. Allow someone to do something by giving permission. Let, permit. Do we permit the Word of God to dwell in us? We can't hinder it, hamper it. We have the power, the authority, the graciousness of the Lord. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, profusely, in all wisdom and so on. We won't get to the latter part. I pause and say, is, is he insinuating here that the people of the local church at Colossae were not allowing the word of Christ to live in them? Is he is he bringing forth a message to us to examine our hearts and say, are we allowing? Are we letting? Are we... we, are we You know, there's such great power given to us in two great ways. One is tonight we're emphasizing that of prayer. What a powerful, powerful thing prayer is. You ever pause and think about it? And the other one right beside it is the Word of God. The two great powers there are are right as it were in our hands. We have them, they've been given to us the Word of God and prayer. So as resurrected ones, instructed by the author of the the scriptures, by the Holy Spirit, let or allow this living, eternal, holy scripture live in you. Live in you. When I was first saved and began to learn about the word of God dwelling in me, I was a snotty-nosed kid newly saved, and thinking I was beginning to learn a few things. And uh, I used to walk to church on Sunday nights. It was the only way to get there, but it worked. And uh, just had to be with God's people on Sunday night. My dad would say, what do you want to go out those bunch of hypocrites for? And as a kid, you don't answer your dad. Well, I just want to go to church, and. Uh, The pastor of that church at that time, Thomas R. Moore was his name, he set up a little competition. He said, we're going to divide church in two teams, and that sometimes isn't the best idea. But did that, and he said, we're going to learn verses. So uh, you stand up on a Sunday night and say a verse you memorized. And uh, never memorized one in my life, newly saved. Got a hold of John fourteen six, and took me about three weeks to memorize it. Walking to church, I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand up. I was the shyest kid in the country. Uh, the pastor used to take the teens home from, from uh, some youth group, and I'd be in the back of the van. He'd drive in his garage, close the door, and go in the house. And he'd come back out and say, he was a big man. He say, "Louis, I'm going to fall on you, squash you, take you home, and slide you under the door to your mother. Not a word would I say. But I determined, I'm going to stand up and say this verse. I'm going to quote this verse. And got the church, and people were quoting verses, and then Emma Hill stood up. Emma. I, t- I saw her 50 years later, three years ago, and I still got after her for this. Emma Hill. Emma stands up and says, Psalm 119, verse 1 through 176. And she did them all. Never missed a click. Do you think this guy would get up and say one little verse afterwards? Forget it. And I remind Emma of that. But she taught me this. Just another teenager uh, uh, that I was beginning to be involved in in the things of the church. She taught me how precious and valuable the song of the Word in the Word is, that psalm, that 119. I'd never heard it in my life. Hiding those things to dwell And make up and be a part of the life. The preciousness of it. I always have struggled to memorize, but try to work hard at it. But there was that reminder. And let, allow, permit the word of Christ. The most glorious thing on this earth. To dwell in you. Just kind of pull it together. You know, it's, it's not enough to be taught the truth, but it must take place. But we must possess the truth. It needs to become a part of us and uh, possess our daily lives. So we're not a stranger to it. I thought of it this way. I see the word, my eyes or hear it with my ears and I get it into my head and I think on it and I mull it over and it works me over and and after a bit it gets down in my heart and works away, dwells, it lives in me and the outcome of it is I live it, I walk it, I get the feet going and do that with the word of God that has come to take up residency in me and to live there. The word of Christ dwells in those who dwell in it. A couple of weeks ago, and just by some Bible reading, came across Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. Probably have read it a multitude of times before. But I read it tonight as we close This a little bit of thought. Isaiah 66, 1 and 2 says, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool, where is the house that you will build me, and where is the place of my rest? Isaiah 66, 2, for all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look. On him who is a poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Never tremble at the word of God or have it cause you to tremble. You know, sometimes it looks a little easy for a preacher to Stand up in the pulpit and speak that he's a man trembling with the responsibility God has placed upon him to bring forth things of present life and eternity and needs a lot of prayer. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly this evening hour.